you know, what's one of the most important things that you look at when you're taking a job? If you're a younger person, it's probably money, money, money. But as you get a little older, you kind of start to realize that your parents were right when they told you to ask about benefits when you apply somewhere. Having things like health and dental plans, even optical plans, key, huge. But according to some studies, as many as a third of workers in precarious jobs in Ontario don't have them. Less than a quarter of those in part-time work have any sort of benefits plan at all. So the province is looking into the idea of a so-called uh, set of portable benefits, which would give people some coverage that is connected to them as an individual worker, not reliant on their workplace giving them a benefits package. A five-person panel has been appointed to explore the feasibility of that idea. It is chaired by investment banker Susan MacArthur, who joins us to discuss. Hi, Susan. Thanks for speaking to us today. Hi, how are you this morning? I can doing... relate to the cold weather, by the way. Yes, and <laughs> never quite know what to wear, but by mid-April, I think we'll get through it. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> now, you've got quite the task ahead of you uh, as as chair of, of this panel. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of ideas being thrown around. It's still early stages. I just want to ask, first off, when we talk about people uh, in precarious jobs, it's one of those buzzwords that we hear a lot in news and in talk shows, but the average person may not understand what that is. So with this plan for portable benefits, who are we talking about here? Who's this for? So you can think about a broad range of workers. And it's interesting because this actual, it's like part-time and precarious workers. And this group of workers in society in Ontario is actually growing. So if you think about, you know, hospitality workers, if you think about gig workers, if you think about delivery workers, there are some 3PL type workers out there that are, you know, part-time or, or, you know, contracted. So it really is quite a large um, segment of workers in Ontario and growing. And so when we talk about portable benefits, what specifically are, are, are you looking to be made available? So, of course, that will be part of the panel's work, and I don't really want to preempt the panel, but you can think about things that you talked about earlier, like um, health, um, you know, other things like dental, um, um, you know, pharma. All, there, there, there's a whole kind of range of benefits that we could be looking at. And, you know, if you think about a typical package of benefits that you might get from an employer, we will look to see what type, what proportion or types of those benefits could be included in this type of a program. Now, I know this is a panel and everyone is sort of bringing their own ideas to it. And there's a lot of kicking the tires on various things, asking questions, looking at best practices. But uh, surely you have sort of your own ideas in your head of what you would like to deliver in an ideal world. Um, and what ways do you see, you know, potentially making this cost effective, but still comprehensive enough to be worth it? You know, one of the great advantages that we have today is this whole, you know, revolution in the digital economy and being able to look at these types and solving these types of problems with the digital tools we have today and innovate is incredibly powerful. So, you know, a lot of legacy systems out there are less amenable or adaptable to these types of benefits programs. So, you know, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is, you know, what are the platforms, if any, that are out there? How can we use them to effectively think about having a, a, a very easy and, and customer focused uh, interface? so that people who want to be using these benefits will be able to access them easily and understand them and take advantage of them. So as the chair of the panel, what what sort of work does this entail on your end? I know you've got quite a bit of time. I don't think the report is due until after the next provincial election. What will the panel be doing uh, over the course of that, so, you that know, study? I 
So our, you know, our questions kind of fall into four main categories. So you touched upon one of them, like what are the benefits, what benefits should be included and should we be thinking about, um, you know, who will be eligible for the benefits, who should these benefits cover, of course, importantly, how will the benefits be funded. Um, and then finally, and this is what we touched, touched upon a little bit earlier in terms of digital is how will, how will the benefits be administered. So initially the panel will be, you know, doing an environmental scan of both, you know, what's already available in Ontario, if anything, um, that could, and identify the gaps that need to be um, augmented. Um, we'll look at other jurisdictions to see what people are doing in other jurisdictions and if there's any best practices that we can bring back here to Ontario. Um, and we'll be talking to experts and others who have been thinking about and uh, looking at this area of portable benefits. So that'll be kind of the first body of work. And then we will be out, um, you know, talking once we start, you know, having a little bit more focus on some of these key questions, then we will go out and start consultations with people who will be impacted and have, you know, a role to play and, 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 and some points of view on what we should be looking at. That's good. I was going to ask about consultations because as a reporter um, covering things like this, I always find that uh, when we go to uh, people that are affected by measures introduced by uh, by government on things like this or whatever the case may be, there's almost always a handful of people who will say, well, I didn't feel I had a chance to really weigh in on it. I, I feel like I had something to contribute. So would those consultations be the panel going to sort of select groups or select individuals or will you have maybe open forum town halls? Do you know what that looks like at this point? So, you know, we're still working through what that will look like. That will that will be the second half of kind of our mandate when we start looking at uh, doing these consultations. You know, our goal is to hear from, you know, as many people and experts as possible as we're thinking through um, this mandate. So that will come into focus a little bit more on the second half in terms of how we actually want to run these these panels but what we did on orac is we had you know round tables we had one-on-ones we had a number of different orac by the way was the future of work committee that that I was involved with earlier yes. that came up that actually made this recommendation. So, you know, one of the beautiful things about Zoom is, you know, you can actually um, do these things virtually now. You don't actually have to physically travel to meet with people, and it gives you a much broader scope a scope to hear from people. Now, speaking of, uh, I believe it was the OREC panel, um, there was some criticism aimed at it at the time because it didn't involve anyone in the labor movement. I know you don't necessarily make up the panel. It's not your job to decide who's on it. But do you feel as a member of it that this specific panel what, uh, is what I'm talking about? It might have been beneficial to have someone from the labor movement because it appears there's no one from that movement involved in this specific panel either. Well, no, I think, you know, we have, obviously we heard from the labor movement. They, we had many consultations on the former committee and we'll also as well have consultations on this committee. I mean, as you know, we have a worker, a professional sommelier um, who will be joining us, which is great. She'll mm -hmm. give us a very pragmatic kind of boots on the ground view of what really is needed uh, by people who are working in her industry. So I think you know, I think we I'm I'm actually really excited about working with the team we have on this panel. There's some very um, high quality, obviously, well respected individuals who, who have come together. And then, you know, as we did on the previous panel, we will definitely hear from people, um, you know, different labor groups, different trade associations and other experts in the field.
Now, I ask you this preemptively, again, knowing that uh, nothing is set in stone at this point. I don't even know if you've begun etching at this point, but people will hear ideas like this and know that this is going to cost money and automatically get antsy. And the question, the first question will always be, who's going to pay for this? Are we looking at possibly more of a public-private partnership sort of thing or, or any idea of what you're aiming at at this point? Yeah, you know, that is one of the things. And and again, you know, we will be studying this. You actually highlighted that in your question that I don't want to preempt the panel. But sure. um, I think there are a lot of innovative ways to be looking at uh, the delivery of portable benefits. I think one of the great things, as I said earlier about technology, is the ability to administer, administer these types of benefits. Um, given new technologies should be and will be a lot lot more cost effective than some of these other legacy systems that have been around. So I'm hopeful, you know, we're looking at taking a very pragmatic approach. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, this is about fairness. It's about fairness for workers. It's about providing, you know, in a wealthy society, you know, a, a benefit scheme that people can easily access and take advantage of. And so much has changed. You know, you talk about the, the gig economy and, and so many different types of work that have just popped up over the last decade or so uh, that make the employment world very different than it was before all that. And so, you know, these things need to be taken into consideration. And I'm glad that there is, you know, the work is sort of being done slowly and carefully. And this is the kind of thing that governments uh, should be doing, should be supporting people. You know, it's it's not just everyone with the, the full-time job who has the nine to five that, uh, that needs benefit support anymore. So I look forward to seeing what the panel comes up with. That's Susan MacArthur, co-founder and executive chair of LockDocs, Inc., and chair of the panel on the Portable Benefits Plan. Thank you very much, Susan. Thank you, Mark. My name is Mark Carcassol. I'm filling in for Alan Carter.